0: Welcome to City on the Hill Gaming, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. We hope you enjoy our episode. Welcome back everybody to City on the Hill Gaming. My name is Ryan and I'm joined tonight by Peter. Hello! Uh, and we we will roll Nary a dice this evening, uh, but we will talk about cool things that you could pick up and then roll dice with afterwards. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so Peter, and I, this, I don't think this is super new for you, you've been kind of around the tabletop design space for a while now, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Eh, not that long. year and a half, two. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty new at this. I did the podcast for much longer than I've been doing. Oh, doing well, that. Okay, okay I, I, should, I shouldn't say that, because the first time I ever got something that I designed for a game published was close on 20 years ago. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but it, it, I didn't start doing it with any kind of steadiness um, until just recently. Hang on. Let me let me get the... Uh, the first thing that I ever got anything that I wrote um, published in was GURPS Monsters way back in the day. Oh, okay. So let me check the copyright on that real quick, just for the heck. Do you have here the physical because, in front of you? Um, I'm just looking it up on the website here. Oh, I do have the okay. physical near me someplace, but... Uh, and of course I don't see that on here. (laughs) Well, it was, it was quite a while ago. Um, 2002 at the latest, most likely. So, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Um, so if you've listened to the show for a while, we don't typically plug a ton of things, but since this is one of our own and also cool, Uh, We're going to plug two things at once. Um,
1: (laughs) Stuff that I worked on directly.
0: (laughs) Yes, because you have done two things recently, one that is out and one that is uh, actually in the final stages of its Kickstarter uh, at time of recording. Um, One under the auspices of another company and then one under the auspices of your own sort of um, publishing because it's Purple Martin Gaming. Am I correct there?
1: Yeah, Purple Martin Games.
0: So do, um, do that same, one first.
1: Same initials as... Okay, sure. So um, the thing that I've got self-published is a book called Multiclass Feats, uh, which is... I went I went for the uh, descriptive rather than clever in fair. terms of title there. Fair, 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 yes. Uh, that's that's up on DriveThruRPG, uh, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a set of 66 multiclass feats covering every two... Uh, character class combination in the core 5e rule set. I, I'm i curious, um, the rebuilt version of your character in the actual play, are you using the cleric monk one in there or did you opt not to use that? I know we talked about it, I just didn't I hear at how it, it turns out.
0: Uh, and I ended up not using it, it didn't fit what I wanted yeah, to do. That's but fair. I, I, I looked through it and you have some very, very interesting uh, things that you've built into this. Because um, you, you said every two class combination?
1: hmm Yep. Uh and yeah. So you've got you've got twelve classes, and you know, if you add up all of the combinations of one plus another one, you wind up with 66. So
0: and, and I'm big on pers- personally, I am big on multi classing. So giving me a book that just slams options together is uh is by no means a a problem.
1: Unwelcome thing. <laughs> yes.
0: Um <laughs> That is definitely something you could see in the future on the on the podcast, especially if I can figure out how D&D Beyond works well enough to get feats uploaded to it that are custom and make them function with my character, because I've not managed that yet, even though I know it's possible. But I'll figure that out eventually. I don't use D&D Beyond, so I'm going to be of no help to you there. <laughs> I'll ask Justin at some point if I need to. I know he knows how that works.
1: Um, yeah, he's... He's kind of the expert on all such things. So, I'm going to say, do you do you have it in front of you? Can you pull it up somewhere? I do, yes. Okay,
0: um I'm going to name two two classes. You read me a feat.
1: Absolutely. Um, this will be fun.
0: Let's get I want to get weird. Um Let's go fighter druid.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's green knight actually. I feel like that's um, a little
0: more of an an uncommon pairing.
1: Okay, so um There's there's a there's a little bit of like a mythological uh, reference in this one, too. So I'm I'm thrilled that you're starting with this one. So Green Knight prerequisites three levels in Druid, three levels in Fighter. You hail from an ancient tradition of protectors of the land who blend together druidic ritual and civilized force of arms. Most of these warriors are true knights titled and responsible for a remote, often overgrown, holding that they protect. But some may be in possession of these lands from unorthodox sources, such as the Fae. Green Knights often focus on magic that augments their melee attacks or summons mounts for them to ride into battle, while others hone healing abilities or improve their ranged attacks. You gain the following benefits. You may wear any armor that you are proficient with, including metal armor, without violating your druidic oaths or suffering any other ill effects beyond those imposed by the armor itself, such as full plate. The armor merges into your form when you wild shape. Choose a first-level spell and a second-level spell from the paladin or ranger spell lists. The chosen spells count as druid spells for you. When you are able to cast third-level, fourth-level, and fifth-level druid spells, you learn one additional paladin or ranger spell. If an effect would result in you being beheaded, you do not die, and you can use an action to reattach your head, provided your body can reach it. You'd still take damage as normal and can die by other means. That's terrifying, You learn the Cantrip and can use it with any melee weapon you are proficient with. So the head chopping thing is from Gawain and the Green Knight. Oh, okay. Okay, very It's an cool. Arthurian legend. Um like the this Green Knight challenges Gawain to this like trade blows with this axe every year thing, and Gawain like cleaves his head off his body with the first attack and the knight just picks it up and puts it back on and rides off.
0: There's that's a whole terrifying. story after
1: that, and Gawain, de- yeah, it is, and Gawain does survive it, but it's, yeah, that's, um, that's where I got that one from. It's like, I'm calling this Green Knight. I have to do this. To call it it's that. required of me.
0: <laughs> uh, and so the one you mentioned, the, the cleric monk, which is centered one, you have learned to combine introspective meditative focus with devotion to your patron deity. This is a difficult path to walk, and if you attempt it, But those who do often find a level of enlightenment that others can only dream of. You gain the following benefits. Anytime you use your martial arts die to do damage, you may choose to have that damage done by that uh, ability be radiant uh, or necrotic instead of its normal type. You can spend three key points as a bonus action to recover use of your channel divinity, which is big. I'm very much intrigued by that. And you can use step of wind or patient defense after casting a cleric spell spell with a casting time of one action. That was the thing that actually... I most easily considered doing when you when you mentioned it. It was that last line of being able to to disengage or um or use patient defense uh, after using a full action cleric thing. That I was like,
1: oh, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Because well, plus you've also got the nice armor class bonus from being able to use your wisdom with it and stuff. Uh, so
0: <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. Uh, so this is currently available. Already on drive-through RPG. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, seven forty-nine. It's a uh, thirty-page PDF. Um, I managed to find some nice artwork and stuff for it, so it's illustrated through. And uh, yeah, it's it's exactly what it says on the tin. Give me another combination. Let's. Or actually, let me let me give you a couple that I I liked here. Um, pick, Pick one you're a big fan of. Okay, so are you familiar with the infamous coffee lock? no excuse me <laughs> okay <laughs> so basically there's this this crazy broken combination in uh 5e and this is this is this is about as bad as it gets in 5th edition which is kind of something good about um 5e is that you, you know, like the worst exploit is that you can get a whole bunch of extra spell slots basically the the exploit works like this you multi-class as a sorcerer or warlock um you use short rest to get lots of warlock spells you never take a long rest which um resets things and every time you get a new batch of those you turn them all into sorcery points and then you can use them as sorcerer spell slots it's goofy and crazy and you can wind up with way more spell slots than you're supposed to um but once again like it's not pun pun or something you know like like the
0: thing grant described where you like use a number of villagers to teleport a Ten foot pole. Oh,
1: the peasant, the peasant Oh, yeah, that (laughs)
0: thing. Yeah, it's it's not that. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing that makes a physics engine in Skyrim (laughs) shudder. Right. (laughs) But it's
1: you know it's one of those things that's got kind of a a bad reputation. So um, let me read you the beat that I did for that combo.
0: Does that it kind of okay? I'm I'm curious to see what how you address that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't really. I mean, there's there's some GM stuff around it, but I uh, just listen to this. <laughs> so Eldritch Magus prerequisites three levels in Sorcerer, three levels in Warlock. You are among the most dubiously regarded of magic wielders. You were gifted with inborn talents and yet felt the need to pursue further power from a patron anyway. You gain the following benefits. If you do not already have proficiency with the Arcana skill, you gain it now. If you already have proficiency in the Arcana skill, use double your proficiency bonus with it. You gain proficiency with one of the following, Alchemist Supplies, Poisoner's Kit, or Herbalist's Kit. And in addition, you gain a benefit determined by your Pact Boon. Pact of the Blade, your Pact Weapon, is a spellcasting focus for Sorcerer and Warlock spells. Pact of the Chain, your Familiar, gains additional hit points equal to your Sorcerer level. And Pact of the Tome, you gain access to Ritual Spellcasting for any applicable spells that you know from the Warlock and Sorcerer lists. You also learn two first or second level ritual spells from any class. They count as warlock spells for you. So it's nothing that feeds into the exploit. And there's also a little reference is like, really, dude, in there. So one wasn't good
0: enough. You needed both. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Give me one more.
1: Okay. um, give me me something
0: with no magic.
1: No magic. Okay. go
0: go non caster, non caster.
1: Okay, so... Because
0: I think everything we've done so far is head. At least primary or secondary.
1: Enforcer. Um, prerequisites, three levels in Fighter, three levels in Rogue. Not everyone who learns to fight does so in the Army. Sometimes the deadliest warriors come out of the Underworld. Sometimes soldiers head home and take up a life of crime as well. Uh, or perhaps you are in of these and are instead part of a special unit that performs covert missions. Whatever the case, you gain the following benefits. When you use Action Surge, you get an additional bonus action that can only be used for one of your cunning action options. You may use Sneak Attack with any one-handed melee weapon, not just weapons with the Finesse property. And when you use Second Wind, you may also make a Hide check as part of the bonus action.
0: I was going to say this sounds broken, but you do have to be level 6 to get it, so it's not... But this is really interesting. you level 7, yeah.
1: Yeah, so the, the way really that these work is... Um, you've got... You have to have three levels of each class to get any of these. And the reason that I did that was twofold. First of all, it stops dipping a little bit. Like once you have put in three levels of something, you're kind of committed to it. And the second is kind of based on that. You'll also have your subclasses for both classes by then, because the latest that any class gets its subclass is level three. So you'll have to like oh. have a really clear picture in mind of what this character does by having those two subclasses selected before you start messing around with this multi-class synergy stuff. And as you can probably hear from the the design on these, um, they're designed to make the class features of both classes interoperable with each other. Actually, one of my favorites, um, let me find... I was find... going to say, what was the
0: one you were going to read a minute ago?
1: Well, uh, that was a different one, but I'm going to... I'm going to choose something else here. Give me just a second. I'm going to give you Monk Sorcerer here. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, This is Seeker of Inner Strength. Um, Prerequisites: three levels in Monk, three levels in Sorcerer. You have taken monastic training in an effort to control your innate magical abilities. The training may have unlocked them, or perhaps neither of these describes you, but either way, you draw tremendous power from within, you gain the following benefits. You may spend key points and sorcery points interchangeably. Oh. You may use step of the wind or patient defense after casting a sorcerer spell with a casting time of one action. So here's here's the interesting thing. Sorcerers and monks gain their points at the same rate. So oh. there's no reason why making them interchangeable is going to be broken because you get them at the same rate.
0: Oh, because if you'd have three key points at level three that, and you're level six, you'd have three you'd have, points. You'd, at the, yeah. you have six so, key points. So why not have? Exactly. Okay. So you treat it like one pool and you get, let's, so let's say your seventh level, because that's what you would need to be to have three, three, and then one for the, the feet. Yeah so you would just have 7 points that you could use as key or or otherwise
1: yeah or certainly okay. points okay. i like that that's i cool. mean you can you can burn your spell slots and use them as extra key points which is fine because then you've burned your spell slots and right. you know it's like you know your your options for using those key points are weaker than you would be if you were a single classed monk and stuff so that's right that was one of my personal favorites no i like
0: that that's really cool um okay So that is your multi-class feats book. I'm I'm impressed that you bothered to go through every combination. That is a next step. Um, That is took a while. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, that is very interesting.
1: Um, So it's interesting. I actually started with just twelve. I did an article for Ensider, which is kind of how I started doing um, game design for pay. And uh, okay. that one had uh, Bloodline Priest, which is Cleric Sorcerer, Blood Rager, which is Barbarian Sorcerer, uh, Double Sworn, which is Paladin Warlock, Eldred Shadow, which is Rogue Warlock, Enlightened Warden, which is Monk Ranger, Fury Blade, which is Barbarian Fighter, uh, Green Knight, which we went through, that's Fighter Druid, Hermit Thaumaturge, that's Druid Wizard, Inquisitor, which is Cleric Rogue, Oathbound Chanter, which is Bard Paladin, Studied Fist, which is Monk Wizard, and Wayfarer. Which is Bard Ranger. If you listened closely, every single one of the base classes is represented twice in there. Okay. There's there's twelve uh, feats in that article, and I got to every base class twice. And by that point, I had a bit of a framework to work with, and this was astoundingly popular. I think this was actually the most popular article for E Insider for the entirety of 2020. Whoa. Um. So I was like, okay, if I'm gonna try and self-publish anything commercial this is going to be it the other thing that's nice is the way that um insider works is anything that i write for them they get exclusive right of publication for a year and then after that they can still use it but i also get the rights back and i can do whatever i want with them so i basically you know i um i went about 14 months after publication and then published my self-published thing so very nice I had a bunch of time to work on it and it took me quite a bit. (laughs) I I spent um, a lot of time like sitting there bracking my brain because here's the thing, like some of the classes have better hooks than other ones, like ones where you've got um, some kind of resources to spend, like the the points that monks or sorcerers have or like lay on hands for a paladin, um, any of that sort of thing. Like, taking that, or uh, Channel Divinity for Clerics and Paladins, or Wild Shape for Druids, or that sort of thing, like, all of that stuff is like, okay, what can I, you know, do that, like, keys into one of the other class features? The place where it gets difficult is things like the Wizard that really don't have any special resources. It's just like, you've got spells. Yep. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, Huh. Huh. So I wound up doing like weird things with this, uh, the spell book and stuff like the, uh, the wizard paladin can like scribe their spell book on the inside of their, um, shield or on the outside of their armor. Oh, that's cool. Um, the, uh, the wizard barbarian, I think can do it as like magical tattoos all over their body and that's how they have their spell book. So yeah, I I tried to do like cool stuff like that. I'm writing uh...
0: that down and making one of those soon. (laughs) 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 I like that idea a lot um okay so and i want to read one last thing before we move on um i'm looking at enlightened warden which is your your monk ranger the first part of this is like it's not game breaking but i think it's hilarious
1: Um, okay
0: so so the monks have something called deflect missile to where like if they if someone shoots an arrow at them they can knock it away um and i think in certain circumstances knock it back at the the opponent um. So, so enlightened warden, three levels monk, three levels ranger. Um. So, and then the seventh level for to get the feat. While you are armed with a bow, you are considered to have a hand free for the purpose of deflect missiles. In addition, when you reduce the damage of an arrow to zero, you can immediately knock and fire at a target of your choice as part of your reaction using your bow's normal range increment and in damage. That's hilarious, and I want to do that at some point. I Thanks love for that.
1: the arrow. <laughs> Thank you.
0: You can have it back now. Um yeah. or your buddy can have it, you know, yeah. whatever. One of you gets to keep this, I promise. I won't keep it long. Um, that's fantastic and I love it. Um, okay, so let's so that's been out for how long?
1: Uh since like mid-July, so not that long.
0: Okay. So
1: now you are currently part of a Kickstarter. Yeah, this was this was a big project. And um I was actually one of a design team of about 30 people that worked on this so when i say this was a bigger project i mean this was a bigger project absolutely Um, yeah that's a whole yeah that's a studio (laughs) yes this is a lot of lot of freelancers i think they've the company that does it only has one or two employees which is interesting you know it's like most of the rpg industry it runs on freelancers yeah yeah um Oh, yeah, this is Level Up Advanced 5th Edition. Uh, This is put out by EN Publishing, so it's the same entity that does EN World and the Any Awards, or did. Those have been spun off at this point. But, um, yeah, it's it's Russell Morrissey, also known as Morris, M-O-R-R-U-S. And um, it's basically a complete overhaul of 5e. You can take the three books and use them in place of the PHB, the DMG, and the Monster Manual. Okay. And... Just like use most uh, like existing subclasses and stuff with them. It's like all of the classes have been overhauled and rebalanced. Um, most of the spells have been gone over. Uh, it's it's a really ambitious project. One of the things Absolutely. that I personally find the coolest is that you know how when you're playing a martial character, you basically just kind of make basic attacks a lot. Sure. There's now a maneuver system. Oh no. And so you can do things other than just make basic attacks now. Uh one of my personal favorites, there's um there's a bunch of these things called combat schools. Okay. And uh the one that I like is uh is called Sanguine Knot, which is like a lot of protective and teamwork stuff. Okay. Um and there's a there's a maneuver called shoulder check where if one of the one of your allies near you is targeted by an attack you can basically shoulder check the enemy that made the attack and push them back 10 feet and follow them. Oh, wow. Get away from my buddy, you know, stay away from the wizard. (laughs) So there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like the, uh, the different schools have stances that they do where you get like some kind of a persistent thing. Most of the maneuvers run on what's called exertion points, which is a new uh, resource that everybody has. Um, so, yeah, it's that's very cool, but one of the things that's kind of interesting, and this ties back into the uh, Sorcerer Warlock multi-class feat that I mentioned, is the redesign of all of the classes also shut off a lot of the multi-class cheese. Oh, okay. There is a uh, an article up on the Level Up Advanced 5e uh, site called Keeping It Classy that kind of goes through and enumerates like um what changes got made to warlock paladin which is now called herald uh, fighter and druid to shut off a bunch of common exploits and oh, also make okay. the classes more interesting sure uh also i wrote that article oh nice. <laughs> i okay. didn't get a byline on it but i i was the one who went through and uh wrote that one so if you notice like a a writing style that seems familiar yeah that's because it was me <laughs>
0: did they do anything to ranger because i know that's been a
1: yes it's actually been a ranger got some of the biggest changes out of any class in the entire system and, and it's not a spell casting casting class anymore oh my okay it's um it's very Aragorny now okay so
0: there's um that's been a common complaint basically since i don't want to say since D next but since 5e really came out like when I go back and look for build guides for, for Rangers, there is a common thread of this really doesn't of the, the community just really not being pleased with how, how wizards has it built as it stands currently. Yeah. And so, I mean, like I've been like when Daniel played the Gloomstalker, I thought it was super cool. Like things like that had been good, but I know there's a, there's a serious amount of desire amongst the community for, for an overhaul of it specifically. So good.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been overhauled really hard
0: (laughs) because it's very popular. Like Ranger is very easy, but it's something people very much love playing. And so, um,
1: sure. Who doesn't want to play Aragorn? I mean, it's,
0: I mean, like it's great. I, yeah, I've done it more than once. Um, I get it. So it's, uh, it's good to see that was, that's something y'all threw in here.
1: So, yeah. So that actually kind of leads into something else that I want to touch on. So, you know how, um, the, the big thing about Rangers in, like fiction or heck in real life. I mean, like army Rangers, Texas Rangers, you oh, know, sure. yeah, yeah. that sort of thing is that they're really good at surviving out in the wilderness. Accurate. The, uh, the entire exploration pillar has gotten an overhaul. Isn't even a strong enough word. Okay. Um, there there's entire new exploration pillar systems in the game. Now oh my. there's a set okay. of what are referred to as journey rules so, that you've got stuff like that actually engages with the rules of the game that's not just combat now. Uh, all of the classes also have uh, exploration and social pillar abilities baked right in. Okay. So, um, for instance, let me, let me see what's actually been previewed here so I don't step on anybody's toes. Sure. I'm not under an NDA anymore, but at the same time, like the Kickstarter is running. And I don't want to steal thunder from
0: and, and the its boss here. So. For those listening, if you're listening to this right around when, we, when I put this up, the Kickstarter is active till Friday, November the 5th, 2021 at 7 p.m. Um, the funding goal U.S. was just over $41,000. Uh, I watched it, literally watched the website refresh and tick up. You guys are just shy of $700,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that as a shot at Wizards because we love Five E, and if it wasn't for Five E, we wouldn't exist as a podcast. Um, but I like see I like to see someone you know taking a shot at someone reference it being like Pathfinder was for three point five. A very um, good analogy. And and it's, I don't uh... think that was bad for three point five. But I've played Pathfinder and I love Pathfinder, so uh, I'm I'm here for it. And I think you'll see it. Once the once the PDFs and everything ship, there's a good chance you'll see this um, this kind of stuff maybe pop up on City at some point. I don't know exactly how we'll facilitate that, but we'll. It's going to be a, a, a discussion point at some point. Of, yeah, of I mean it's, it's a little bit this.
1: more work on the character creation side, but sure. it's. It's a really nice system. Also, um, it's
0: us. I don't think that'll be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all oh, pretty... Oh, shucks. I have um, to spend
1: more time in character creation. Yeah. Oh, no. We're all pretty accomplished uh, 5e players at this point. It's just. I think we'll get oh, there. More options? Oh, no. Twist my arm.
0: And so... you guys have, at, at time of recording again, just over 4,300 backers on your Kickstarter, which is a lot.
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> So th- at this people point, said, I should, yes. Yeah, I, I should <laughs> mention that I was not in like leadership on this. I was sure, very sure. much, you know, a hired freelancer, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy to have my name on this. I made some oh, friends while I was working on this project, actually, um, a bunch of them. A lot of the other designers turned out to be really, really nice people. So that was just kind of delightful and an unexpected benefit. Uh, I appreciate
0: that it's an it's so it, this is an all or nothing Kickstarter. Um, because some kickstarters, uh, I think the money goes whether whether it funds completely or not. This is a only if it funds. And boy,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. it has funded. Yeah, mm-hmm. it took I think twenty minutes or so to wow. fully fund. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> and I know I don't know a ton about about EN, but I'm assuming they're a fairly well known group in the.
1: So in the that's RPG the interesting community. thing. Like they're. They're the most influential obscure entity. That is okay.
0: Team. Fair enough. Like
1: so like I mentioned, they do um EN cider which is a fairly well-known RPG like news and discussion site. Okay. Um or sorry, EN World, rather. EN Cider is the uh the 5e uh, monthly newsletter thing that I write for occasionally. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they also, like, you know, once again, this is the people that came up with the any awards which are kind of like the academy awards for rpg design. Sweet. Uh but like not a lot of people seem to know that they also have a, a publishing arm that has put out a whole bunch of I mean they've been releasing stuff uh since like the 3rd edition. Era. Oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. So they've they've been around for like 20 years. The other thing too that I um <laughs> I don't mind like being explicit about is they are a really nice company to work for. Okay. Uh, you know how you hear like horror stories occasionally about mm-hmm. RPG freelancers not getting paid or being underpaid or having to really badger people to get paid or, you know, being treated in less than stellar ways? Right. Yeah, I ran into absolutely none of that ever. Good.
0: And I've been working for
1: these people for like two years. Paychecks arrive with the clockwork dependability of a day job. Um, you, you get what you, you know, were quoted right on the 15th after you turn it in and that's that not normal but not mad at it yeah there's there are some other it's the whole industry isn't bad there's some other companies out there whose name you would recognize that are pretty good um i guess kobold press is pretty reliable and Sure, sure, sure yeah there's like legendary games is apparently has a pretty good reputation and so yeah there's you know there's there's plenty of good ones out there but EN publishing is one of them um so that's been kind of nice. But yeah, like uh, man, some of the other stuff that got overhauled. Um, the monsters got overhauled majorly. And um, not just in terms of mechanics, which oh boy, did they really like upgrade the mechanics. Okay, so have you ever watched any of Matt Covell's videos where he talks about like action-oriented monsters or that sort of thing? I have seen a couple of them, yes. Okay, uh, so... I don't know about any of the action... Oh, you know what?
0: I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad now because I I can guarantee you Justin has sent me that video and I don't yeah, think I actually ended sure up watching I've it. i have sent it to you too. Yes. Oh, you would. I know the when you're talking watch about. Watch that
1: one. It's it's really good. Uh, but one of the it, things it matters that's a cool lot to the, us. Yeah,
0: because th- the, the monster approaches. Combat.
1: Yeah, they use the action economy more. Okay. So a lot of the monster stat blocks have reactions, like sometimes three or four in the same stat block. They have bonus actions. Okay. Um, there's there's more stuff for them to do, so they're not basically just a sack of hit points that you bang on and then it does something <laughs> once around and then you bang on it some more. Right. And then also the other thing that's kind of cool is the monster lore got redone for a lot of them. Okay. And this is one of my favorite things that I worked on in the entire system. So, if, okay, uh, I should back up a little bit. So um, one of the things that... Uh, got changed is we you can't use certain creatures that are considered uh, Watsy product identity. So oh, like sure, sure, sure. mind yeah. flayers, display or er, displacer beasts, um, things with clearly Umber hulks are one of them. Names, yeah. uh, beholders. Right, right. No, it's it's actually it's a shockingly small list. It's oh, it's okay. like a dozen or so monsters, and oh. some of the stuff that's not on it is weird. Like Aboleths and flumps are perfectly fine to use for open tarrasque. gaming uh yeah the Tarasque <laughs> you should see the Tarasque stat block in this book it's I'm not no. a pushover anymore oh. Oh. <laughs> like the original 5e Tarasque could be taken out by an aracocra wizard with acid splash given enough time because it had nothing to do um to bring down flyers oh and acid got through like its defensive abilities so you poke, could, poke, I mean, it poke, would it poke, would take poke, like poke. days, but yeah, an arakocra wizard could just fly over and keep using acid splash. Well, on it's a it, can until it fell over. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Poke, 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 poke. <laughs> First level arakocra wizard versus poke, the terrasque wizard poke, wins. Poke, yeah, poke. yeah. Oh. I mean, you know, granted, the terrasque will knock down the entire world while the sure 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 you angrily. know the wizard's flying around up there, <laughs> but you know, it, it's still viable. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's now like got. This Godzilla breath and this ability that forces flying creatures to the ground around it and okay. a whole bunch of other stuff. It's, it's a proper cool. kaiju. But um monster lore-wise, so one of the th- one of the things that we you can't use is mind flayers. But there's other stuff that's kind of tied to them in the lore that is fair game to use. And one of those okay. is a creature called a Grimlock. I don't have you ever used those for anything? I don't believe so. Me neither. Um it was it was one of the leftovers. I didn't really get in on the monster lore stuff until late in the game, and I just kind of came in and I was like, Hey Paul, um, do you Ooh. need some help with these? And uh, Paul Hughes was the guy who was in charge of the the monster book, and he was like, Yeah, okay. sure, I'll I'll take some help. So one of them was it was Grimlocks. Now, in the normal Watsy lore for Grimlocks, they are actually I can grab my monster manual here and just read that.
0: They are not attractive creatures.
1: No, they're, they're unpleasant.
0: It's got kind of like a halfway between like a troll and a goblin vibe.
1: Yeah, they're, Um, they're basically a collection of tired horror movie tropes. They're, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not great. Um, But let me give you the, let me give you the contrast here. So, oh boy, this is a wall of text. Um, I'm gonna summarize instead of reading it. Basically, they're they're like blind, mind flayer sycophants that are dumb and live underground and will drag you into a cave and eat you. They're they're very much you know, oh kind of like a troll in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're basically kind of like the cannibalistic hillbilly trope made into a D anD D monster. Oh no. Okay. So no. yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're not great. Yeah. No. Um, the, the, one of the other things that also was done with the monster book is we tried to make as many things as we possibly could into something that could be friend or foe. So these oh, needed a complete okay. lore overall. Um Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can have, like, bridge trolls and stuff now instead of just, you know, ravenous tooth and claws that will just kill you and eat you. Right, kind of okay, thing. sure. Um, <clears throat> so... With these, the, the designer had, well, you know, let's maybe take a page from uh, the Morlocks from um, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, which I kind of ran with a little bit, and I was like, okay, we've got, you know, underground engineers, and we didn't want to change, like, their game abilities all that much, so we still had, like, the, you know, they're descended from humans. Uh, they've been underground for so long that they don't have eyes anymore. They've kind of adapted to the darkness oh, so they can sure. hear and stuff, but, you know, they don't they don't see any longer. So what we wound up doing is... They were the descendants of this uh very ambitious like engineering crew that got trapped underground by like a mining cave-in and weren't able to get out and they they learned to survive kind of like in uh like the it would be called the underdark I think there's a legally distinct term like the underworld or something that we use but the base the giant cave network that fantasy worlds based on D&D tend to have in them. Right. And so instead of them being like these nasty things that will you know drag you off and eat you, they're this race of underground engineers, uh, and they they make like these massive like technomagical machinery complexes that stabilize the geology of entire geographic regions. So there are areas where if it weren't for these underground Grimlock facilities there would be like rampant earthquakes or like that part of the underlands would be flooded by the ocean or there'd be massive volcanic activity or stuff, you know, sinkholes, that sort of thing, stuff like that. And, uh, they, they maintain all of this machinery and, uh, because it's, the stakes are so high. Like if somebody gets in and starts messing with it, you know, if you wander in unannounced, you're going to provoke a violent security response. I mean, imagine what would happen if you walked into a nuclear power plant on unannounced that's that's going to happen to you basically if you try and get into like one of these grimlock facilities you may, but at the yes. same time they're reaction. not evil okay okay yeah they're not evil they're they're you know a subspecies of human basically that's adapted for underground survival and you can talk to them you can reason with them they can be part of the plot of something you know they can be sure. allies just don't mess with the machines Okay. So, okay, I like it. Yeah, that's that's the new lore for them. Um giving some I, more I fluidity
0: some... To, to what you have there.
1: Yeah, so I did some other stuff too. I wrote a bunch of feats, I rewrote a bunch of spells, I contributed um some new magic items and rewrote some of the old ones. Cause we went through and we we rewrote just about everything in the system. Um all the spells have been rewritten, all the magic items have been rewritten. Um, all the feats had to be because the only feat that's part of the OGL is grappler and everything else is considered product identity. So
0: you guys had to start from scratch on all that. Yeah,
1: we went, we, there's a, there's a bunch of kind of like corresponding feats that kind of match up to existing ones, but they're not exactly the same. They're handled differently or, in some cases they've been boosted a little bit. In other cases they've been nerfed. We, we did a balance pass. Um, let's see here. What else did I do? I did uh, half of the player archetype section out of the GM book. Okay. Uh, which is, you know how you've got like, um, you know, power gamer, butt kicker, that sort of thing. Those archetypes that a a player oh, is sure. the stuff that they like. Yeah. So, um, the other guy that worked on that, a guy named Will Gond, who was great to work with. And I went through and we kind of divided that up and we decided early on that we were going to do a more positive spin on it. So instead of, some of the more derogatory terms like power gamer and stuff, we went with whatever enthusiasts. So like mechanics enthusiasts, story enthusiasts, you know, um, social enthusiast for people that are just there to kind of enjoy the time with friends, that sort of thing. And then kind of advice on how to keep all of those different player types happy. Uh, that was one of the things I worked on. I um, There's a bunch of new spells in here that I wrote that were part of like eInsider articles that I had done. Let's see here what else i feel like i'm forgetting some stuff but yeah i was i i did a lot of like odds and ends because i was what was called a general designer which meant that i was kind of there to help fill in the gaps from the stuff that the the lead designers did so the lead design team tackled things like redesigning the classes creating that new journey system that sort of thing and then the rest of us were there to help with basically everything else yeah Yeah. and there's a lot of everything else in this thing between the three books it's almost 1500 pages oh my goodness um and there's other supplemental books aren't there there's two yes there's um there's what amounts to an additional monster book that's uh mythic figures and mythological monsters or something hang on let me pull up the thing so i get the title right
0: I'm almost there, I think. Let me see if I can
1: find it. Yeah, I'm scrolling, too. We'll see who gets to it first. This will be something for you to edit.
0: (laughs) My goodness, this is...
1: Oh, yeah. Mythological figures and Maleficent monsters. There we go. So that's... Yeah, that's got a bunch of, like, um, game stats for things out of history, legend, and myth. So if you want a stat block for King Arthur or... Don Quixote. um, yeah or uh quarter yeah there's okay uh, I'm, I'm looking um, at this list here. Dorian gray uh black shuck is in there that's like a weird wolf cyclops fairy okay. thing nemo uh, saint george george washington <laughs> yeah um okay yeah it's a it's a pretty good sized list so <sighs> it's Mulan. i guess yeah this, this is um an advanced 5e conversion of a kind of vanilla 5e column that the the author Mike Myler does over at EN um, EN World on a regular basis. This so there will okay. probably eventually be additional volumes of this. Sure. Um, I uh, in fact actually I suggested another thing that he hadn't done yet for a future one so if you see cyrus the great pop up in the column that one was me uh, oh nice okay. i have a i have a whole list of other stuff that i would eventually like to get him to do too but you know TikTok, you know i'm not the only one making a request to and then there's sure. also this adventures in uh, zeitgeist thing so the zeitgeist setting is Did you ever play fable three where no. it's a it's a fantasy world that's undergoing its industrial revolution it's not really oh, okay. sure over the top steampunk stuff for most of it. um it's less it's less iron kingdoms and more like a Dickensian world with uh, some fantasy elements added to it, okay, but yeah, that's that's that setting. Um, I haven't actually read through it. Um, I haven't you know seen like any of the um, early mock-ups or anything like that, but the uh, the designer, that Ryan Knock guy, who did it, OK, uh, is has been on um, Russ Morrissey's podcast and talked about it. And I am very excited to buy and get a, my hands on a copy of that book. I'll be getting the um, the other ones, obviously, is you know, part of the Kickstarter. But uh, right, right. yeah, the I'm going to have to pick that one up separately when it's out. And I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. <laughs> it and sounds nice. like a really interesting setting.
0: Uh, and for those interested, um obviously, because all of these are available in PDF through the Kickstarter, I, I believe, mm-hmm. Um, and physical copies of the handful that they are printing physically uh, shipped to the US, UK, EU, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, Finland, and Norway. Um, And then obviously PDFs for anybody else who's interested uh, will be available. Uh, yeah. Fund Day is November 5th, 2021. Uh, yep. And I believe the hope slash expectation for delivery is around March of 22. Yeah, um, and that's
1: mostly due to the supply chain issues that are going on out in the world. It would probably be sooner right. if it weren't for that.
0: Uh, and it looks like some of the PDF-only levels, uh, the expectation is actually December of this year. So, so just okay, so around the corner. Okay, so
1: the interesting thing about that is the um, the release time for the the pdfs of the the core books and also the starter adventure which we didn't even get to okay is literal seconds after the kickstarter ends i'll get an Uh, email oh
0: that's exciting okay
1: this is yeah this is one of uh morris's signature things is um they release stuff like as soon as the kickstarter ends in pdf and I mean, like, it's already
0: ready to go. And we're, yeah, you will you stuff. will know that
1: the Kickstarter has ended because the email will hit your inbox.
0: Okay, sweet. Um, yeah. Congratulations. He, your Kickstarter he literally Congratulations sits there and watches book. the,
1: yeah, he literally cues the thing up, sits there with it, ready to go, watches the thing, you know, tick down to zero and hits the mouse button to send it to everybody send as all. soon as it does. Uh, yeah. So blind carbon like,
0: copy, send all,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So probably hours. within okay.
1: an hour or so, based wow. on how fast the email servers work, you'll have it and probably significantly before then. And uh, I can now
0: confirm at time of recording, it has broken $700,000 US. Yeah. That just <laughs> it literally, I just watched it tick up because apparently Kickstarter will actively let you watch when that happens.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's run through a bunch of... Uh, stretch goals too so right. in addition to that stuff let me scroll down it has
0: broken the five hundred thousand uh, because this is done in in pounds because i guess in uh in world is in um is a uk company yes yeah, British yeah company. they're
1: they're based in the uk yeah so the the base
0: so. goal i think was like thirty thousand pounds um and is now just over just over 500k well, that's, that's
1: the that's the first stretch goal actually the um oh, okay the initial funding goal in pounds was Thirty thousand. Okay, so actually, the first one kicked in when it funded. It was thirty. Okay. So Ooh. yeah. So okay. And they. Will so have a yeah. So far, what we sheet. are at is yeah. There's there's a roll twenty character sheet. That's yeah, fantastic. Um, there's an online rules repository. Can the the digital tools are coming later too. By the way. Um, okay. So cool. there's a rules repository. There's that's got a whole bunch of different stuff. That was all the initial ones. There's a character. Um, and then. Builder. On its way. <laughs> okay, that's uh, fantastic. I'm a, some of the reference stuff is up in partial form as of this point. They've mentioned that on Morris's podcast, so I can say that here. But it's it's not done. I have had access to it as a one of the members of the design team. It's pretty nice. I've used it okay. for some of the third party stuff that I've been working on, which is something else we should talk about before we um, wrap up here. Okay. But yeah, there's there's like new uh, synergy feet chains for to. Let you play like a vampire a revenant or a werewolf, there's a narrator screen. There's, um, uh, also they're doing an artificer class. Um, and so now that was the 500,000 pound one. And that's, that one's actually been exceeded. It's just, he hasn't not, gotten in there and updated. marked it yet. Yeah. So,
0: so there's, okay. So, so hit me with that last thing. Cause if you've got
1: even something else, um, so, The, uh, the other thing is because I was a member of the design team on this and because I made friends with a bunch of the other designers, obviously there's, you know, we're a creative bunch and we've got ideas for stuff that we'd like to make that specifically plugs into the new system. Okay, sure. So there's a bunch of us that are working on a third party publishing supplement for it. Um, we're tentatively going to call that the advanced players guide. Okay. Uh, And it's, it's more of all of the player stuff. So, um,
0: more class options, more.
1: Yeah. So like, um, this was, oh man, there's been so many changes. We're bouncing around. This was another thing that got changed. So, you know how like in D and D you've just got your race and that's it, you know, for that part of your character creation. It's been broken up into sections now. You know, that ancestry and culture project that went out That was, um, put out by Arcanist press.
0: I don't think I saw that one. No.
1: Okay, so basically what it does is it, it takes your race and it splits it into your ancestry, which is your biological traits. So it would be like okay. your breath weapon for being a dragonborn, um, you know, your, your long lifespan for being an elf. Um, oh, sure. Okay. You know, that, that sort of thing. And then the stuff that was part of your upbringing. So this would be oh. like the armor proficiencies that dwarves get or... Um, uh you know, like skills that you're familiar with, or that sort of a thing. You've you've got your so you've got your heritage, which is your biology, and your uh, culture, which is your upbringing, and then you also have this new thing called destiny. And I'm really excited about that, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. So, um you're, you can mix and match these things freely. Okay. There's also um, you can also do like a half anything, half anything for your biological half. There's a really elegant way of doing that too, I like how um, that but um, there's a, there's a lot more options at every stage of character creation in this. So, for instance, um, dragonborn now come in the I have really strong scales and uh, it's hard to beat me up variety. The I'm from an aquatic style of dragon, so I can breathe underwater and swim really good variety. And the Hey, look! I have wings and can fly a little bit variety.
0: Okay, so a little more differentiation there.
1: Yeah, and I, you'll see that for basically any of the heritages. Uh where necessary, um those were also changed uh lore-wise too, so like orcs instead of being okay. violent are now very just like um passionate and um big into the arts and that sort of a thing. So that's that's pretty oh, cool. Okay.
0: So even going that deep into making those changes.
1: Yeah. Love kind it. of like we did with the monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. there's um so there's that in there. But so what we're doing for this APG is we're doing new heritages, new cultures, um, new destinies, new subclasses, which are, you know, your um you know, like your battlemaster for a fighter or your thief for a rogue or that sort of okay, thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Subclasses. Um and then, you know, spells and various other stuff too. So it's just gonna be more of the character creation stuff. Okay. Uh so I've I've been working on a bunch of subclasses for that some of my fellow designers are working on um other stuff so one of the guys did you know heritages and cultures also um i think i'll i'll wrap up on this one or two things actually there's a starter adventure that comes with this too if you back at um most of the levels where it kind of walks you through the changes between original 5e and this version of the system And kind of tells you what to do as part of it. I would love to grab that. And, you know, that might be a fun thing to run us through as long as the content is sufficiently family friendly. I haven't really vetted through it, but that might be a fun thing to do if we want to do something like this for the podcast. And then the Destiny system is really interesting. So, you know how uh, most of the time, most 5e GMs, at least that I know, and players, too, completely forget that Inspiration exists? Uh Uh-huh
0: again except Justin. Yeah, this is... Justin remembers but no one else does. <laughs> Justin Okay, well
1: th- this is this is why I said most. Yes. But this oh, I, is I I st-
0: don't use it ever.
1: Yeah, neither do I. Uh this is a new system based on like the motivations of your character. Since we mostly got rid of alignment, this is kind of the new way that character motivation works. So you have a destiny like um devotion or uh revenge or um coming of age or something like that that kind of informs how your, um, your adventurer behaves in their adventures. And every time you do something that really feeds into that, you get inspiration for that. And you also have new ways of spending it.
0: I dig it. And I think if you give more push to using it, I like that idea. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put, I'll put links to the Kickstarter. We'll put a link to your, uh, drive through RPG post uh, link to the Time Spike Twitter. Do you have a separate one for Purple Martin, or are you just using the Time Spike account? I
1: honestly don't even link to the Timespike Twitter. I don't use okay. it for anything anymore. I'm basically off of social media. Fair <laughs> so, enough. Okay, so we'll, yeah. we'll
0: go with the Purple Martin gaming uh, page over on RPG, the Kickstarter for Level Up. And then if you guys are hearing this in the future, um, once this Kickstarter is funded, um, I'm sure if you go to the Kickstarter page, he'll have a link to where you can actually purchase them separately uh once they're just broadly available after the kickstarter yeah. is done
1: there's also just a general um advanced 5e which is just level up 5e.com okay page and i'm sure once they're available for purchase you can go there there's you can look into the you know the forum and all the news posts and previews and stuff it's all there
0: so we'll have all of those links in the description peter thank you i uh well, thank you. It, it's good to get this out here because this is something you worked on and it's super cool. And just looking at it, the art is super cool. And
1: yeah, you, you guys I, have like, put a
0: lot of work into this.
1: Yeah. Every, like, significant gripe that people had with the original version of 5e, which, by the way, is still my favorite version of D&D put out by Watsi. Like, oh, very much so. I love things like bounded accuracy and, you know, like, just... It's a really... It's a good system. The problem is after you've been playing it for like six, seven years, it starts to feel a little bland and samey. And, you know, I like any system that's been out for that long, the weaknesses in the system start to emerge. So this is like a, a it's like the Pathfinder of 5e. You know, we we went through and we cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, was less cool than it could be after like seven years of essentially being play tested by right. thousands upon thousands of people. And yeah, it's, I'm really excited about the finished product. I'm going to be using this to run any future, you know, five E based games that I do in the future. So
0: you've definitely got some cool stuff here. Um, definitely I'm, I'm looking at the website now. Uh, so we'll have all those links in the description. Check those out. Stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get some of this on the podcast um, in actual 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 play format. Um, that was unintentional. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll try and bring you guys some of this so you can see uh, just what, what all is done here and you can check it out yourself. Um, if you want to hear more of us com at city on, the Hill Game on Twitter. Um, and yeah, Peter, thank you. Oh, thank you. We will uh, talk to you guys soon. We have more after you hear this, you'll hear some more special content uh, we have coming up, both from our Magic the Gathering game and our Numenera game. And uh, still with our regular 5e campaign run by Grant. And some other. St- we're working on some other stuff. Um, there is other Nobody stuff. Nobody can uh, accuse you of
1: not having enough irons in the fire, Ryan. <laughs> Look,
0: um, it's just, there's plenty of content on the hard drive, it's just getting it also on the website but yeah that's part of what i know uh, that feeling
1: from the eight and a half years that i did a mm-hmm. podcast that's, uh, that's one of the places now having
0: a uh an editor uh helping me out thanks to our kickstarter has been big uh, our kickstarter our patreon we don't have a kickstarter don't go look for that that's not us um yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to our patrons as always uh wait, let me see let me see if i can get everybody without looking Andrew, Christina, Joanne, Ashley, Tony, Ryan, Brian, uh, Sir Lord, epic name, Tony. I should have been counting on my fingers when I did that. That was a mistake on my part. I think I got everyone. If I didn't uh, and I missed you, uh, I am sincerely sorry. I think that was everybody. Um, We have awesome, awesome folks who are supporting us over at Patreon.com. Ryan, Brian, Srila, Epic, name, Andrew, Christina, Ashley, Tony, Joanne. Yes, okay. So uh, go check it out uh, if you would like to support us. That would be awesome. Uh, but just listening is also just more than enough awesome. So thank you for that. Um, we uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonahillgaming at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at City on a Hill Game. For more information on Saving the Game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day.